0: Welcome, and thank you for joining with us today for the teaching and preaching ministry from Central Baptist Church in Kannapolis, North Carolina. As Associate Pastor, Barry Murray shares from the Bible how to live in a fallen world. The goal of Central Baptist Church is to change the world by teaching the Word of God. Come, let's listen in. i want to show you tonight how to gracefully lose an argument with God still be okay have you found yourself arguing with God about something that you thought the way this ought to be this way and God seemed to think it's another way and you argue with him and you you try to prove God wrong first of all let me uh, remind all of us that none of us know as much as God knows and yet we still try to live our lives and we argue with him about things that happen. And I want to look this more, this evening at a, a man named, of course, named Moses, who is not as blessed as I am. <laughs> After this morning's message, amen. And, uh, but uh, just teasing about that. But uh, we're going to start reading, in, oh, I'm sorry, chapter, did I tell you chapter 3? What did I tell you, chapter 3? How about chapter 4, all right? It's been a long day, been a long week. And I... I felt bad. I didn't go to choir practice tonight because I didn't want to wear my voice out. And I know Barry was okay with that, but uh, I don't have the strongest voice. It doesn't last forever, so I know I remember from pastoring for years, I had to be careful about that. And I was singing tonight in the special, and uh, it's kind of funny how you get something scheduled down the road, and all of a sudden the schedule changes. And then uh, it seems to be that way. When Andrew and I are on the schedule to sing, it seems like everything falls apart, and we got to do everything that Sunday. And uh, that seems to be. that's all right. We, we listen. I enjoy serving the Lord. I'm going to go home tired. I'll wake up tired, and uh, I'll say, "Boy, it's a good day to be in the house of the Lord." Amen. Let's stand on our feet. Exodus chapter four. No funny stories tonight to begin with. And Exodus four. Look at verse number ten, if you would, with me. And Moses said unto the Lord, "Oh my Lord, <laughs> oh my Lord." I am not eloquent, neither hithertofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Moses has already had a previous conversation with God. And God gave him some time to think about what was going on here. He's saying here, well, you know, we've already had this conversation. And uh, uh, so it's going, verse 11. And the Lord said unto him, who hath made man's mouth? Who may get the dumb or the deaf? or the seen, or the blind, have not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth. Oh, my word, wouldn't that be a blessing? And teach thee what thou shalt say. And he said, O Lord, send me, I pray thee, the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee, and when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him, and put, and put words in his mouth. And I will be with thy mouth, and with his mouth, and will teach you what ye shall do. Basically, God and, and Moses are making an arrangement of what's going to happen, even though God, it's not what God wanted. And he shall speak. Uh, I left. Out. I know you didn't touch it, because I was watching you, and something happened. And... He shall speak thy spoke. He shall sorry. He shall be thy spokesman unto the people, and he shall be even as he shall be to thee instead of a mouth. Wouldn't you all love to have a mouthpiece to speak for you? And thou shalt be to him instead of a god. Instead of God, and thou shalt take this rod in thy hand, wherewith thou shalt uh, thou shalt do signs. Thank you, Lord, for a chance to look in Your Word again this evening. We think about this conversation between Moses and God today, and I want to help us tonight. Understand that not only uh, are we going to lose in trying to argue with you, we should live a life where we desire to lose an argument with you and do what you have for us in our lives. I ask you to bless now in a very special way. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated this evening. And uh, Brother Joel, I know you didn't do anything, but could you turn these down for me? Uh, I hear myself really well, and I hate hearing myself. And uh, if I had a voice of, What's his name, Scarborough, Scarby? Alexander Alexander Scurby. Boy, I would love to hear myself speak, but I'd rather not hear myself speak. All right. Uh, But anyhow, uh, you know, it's very funny, and some of you are even older than I am, but you remember, you probably won't remember this, but you remember when the automobile was created, people said it's of the devil. Probably nobody in this room can remember that. But they said you the automobiles are going to be of the devil, and they're going to be blah blah blah, and all, you know the story. Then all of a sudden, the radio well, radio was before, but the radio comes along, and next thing you know, the radio is going to be used of the devil. It's going to do this, propagate what he wants done, this and that, whatever. And then, oh my Lord, help us! The television shows up. And television, see, now you're remembering where I'm at, right? You remember that, boy, the television is going to be used of the devil. He's going to corrupt and ruin our country. And, uh, and he has got a hold of our television set, and he has corrupted things in our country. And we'll go on here. Oh, but good night in the morning. Then the telephone. And to me, it's probably not been any more dangerous weapon used of the devil than the telephone because you can't see someone else's face, and you can talk about somebody else all you want to and don't know how the other person's responding to you. Well, then we went from there to uh, cell phones. And now you just text it. Then we got the Internet going, right? It's can be used of the devil, you know, and all that. And, and the, the phone situation now and all that and how things are going. Can use the devil. Let me just tell you this right now. Anything that can be, you think can be used to the devil can also be used of God. And probably more so being used of God than it is of the devil. And the devil can use these instruments, yes, but they also can be used for God. So that's why God tells Joseph, uh, Moses here grab that serpent. I got some things I want you to do with that serpent. And I think it's very key that he called it a serpent, called it a snake. Use your automobile and take somebody to church. Used, uh, used that radio uh, to get the gospel around. You know, there's no better way to get the gospel around the world than through the, the use of media Stephen, in and the Internet. I mean, you'd be, listen, when I was in India going to huts, they had electricity. When the president just came in, uh, he was a Hindu president, just came in the presidency, this was back in 2009, he came in to be the president there, and he promised everybody a television set, and most folks didn't have electricity. They were hoping to get it, but they had cell phones. What a great tool to get the gospel around the world in the places it couldn't go, even though it could be used for evil. So, what I'm saying there in breaking introduction is this: is that we should do our part in whatever instrument God gives us to use it for God. You take that rod, it's in your hand of God, and you do something with it. God called Moses to deliver the children of Israel from bondage. He trained uh, Moses for 40 years in the desert, as I mentioned this morning. He commissioned him at the burning bush. And this man, who at one time was so eager that he ran ahead of God and tried to, to serve God before God was ready for him, now he is reluctant to accept God's uh, offer. He's reluctant to receive the office that he wants to give him to lead his children He began to give God his objections and uh, why he shouldn't do that, because he can't speak well. He's not very eloquent, uh, as I said or as we read a while ago. And he says, God, I'm not sure. Can you give me a spokesman to speak for me? Now, you think by now, after 80 years, Moses would know God can take care of things. But he's still unsure of himself. So God puts a rod in his hand. He learns that that rod can be used according to the will of God. It can heal people as well as kill people. And this rod is uh, I like, to like a badge of authority for Moses as he begins to lead the people. In addition to the rod, however, God gives Moses another token of insurance. He teaches him. The important lesson that we're going to talk about this evening about is the fact that we're going to assume a great responsibility in leading the children of Israel, and God's saying, listen, quit arguing with me. i got something I need you to do. And God's telling Moses that he not only wants him, he wants his hand, but he wants his mouth, he wants his life, he wants all that he has. And he promises to be with Moses, with his mouth, with his heart. I'll teach you what to say. I'll show you what you should do. I'll be with you. And you know, out of the heart proceeds the issues of life. What what is in our heart will eventually come out through the bucket of our mouth. And God wanted the heart of Moses. But Moses made a mistake in asking God for a spokesman. And God allowed it even though God did, want, did not want to divide the leadership of the Hebrew people. And this is a problem, isn't it? Because now you have two leaders. And when Moses was gone, Aaron got in trouble. Amen. And when Moses came back, Aaron said, I don't know, I put that in the fire, here's what came out. What a miracle that a, a little calf came out. I don't know how it happened, but there it is. What a miracle. That's what happens when, when you have leadership like that. And uh, it, it's a problem. And, uh, uh, and listen, I, I've learned through my many years of ministry that whatever my area is, whatever I'm in charge of, I'll take command. I'll take authority of it. And if it's not my area, I sit back and let someone else get cooked. I was visiting some... Friends of ours a few weeks ago, we were at church on a Sunday. I didn't know he was going there, and this man and his wife happened to go there. And He asked me, He said, Well, how's it like after pastoring, and now being an associate pastor, what's it like? I said, It's a piece of cake. He said, Why? I said, He has to make all the hard decisions. I just have to do the work. It's great. My blood pressure's down. My cholesterol level's down. I feel good. Marriage is happy. And he just looked at me and starts laughing. And, and he said, Well, how, how do you do that? I said, Because I understand God's role in leadership. And I have a pastor who's in charge. And if he says this way things ought to go, that's the way that things go. Whether I agree with it, don't agree with it, or whatever, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Because we have two leaders, we're going to have problems. I didn't come to lead. I came to help and to serve. And God knew it was going to happen, and it did happen. What a terrible blunder on the part of Aaron divided the command of the of, of Hebrews. Our problem, if you go in the book of Numbers, I'm not going to go there this evening, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, Aaron uh, and helping Moses deliver the children of Israel. Uh, uh, Even Moses was reluctant to follow the people. i got an introduction. We'll get to the message here in a second. But uh, we need to recognize God calls us to do a job. We should not argue with him. We should trust him. God will enable us to do the job He calls us to do, and I hope you understand that direction God's asking us to go. If you don't, uh, uh, I found out this. I'm finding out. I mentioned just a little tad this this yesterday in the men's meeting, but I found out. You know, in life, if I just follow God, life's a whole lot easier, and it's a whole lot less stressful. If I just follow God, because decisions are already made. I don't have to make. They're already set. But sometimes we're we, we trying and we're missing the message in the process. And God has an agenda. And God has a plan. And God has a purpose. And God has a vision. And God has a calling us. Uh, and it doesn't make sense to us at times. And when we allow our personal agendas and our plans for God's kingdom to take priority over what God wants us to do, that's when we have trouble and we become ineffective. And we start start hindering the work of God, and we argue with God, and we argue about his purpose, and we even try to change what's going on. And and we're going to look at something tonight that how we can lose an argument with God, how we can allow him to take priority in our lives and have direction and plan with him. And uh, uh, I think it's a great way to live. There were two cows grazing alongside the highway. There's a funny story. When a tank truck of milk... Along his way, the distributor passed by. On one side, in big red letters, the truck said: "Pasteurized, homogenized, standardized, vitamin D added, or vitamin A added. Sorry, vitamin A added." One cow looked at the other cow and said, "Makes you feel inadequate, doesn't it?" (laughs) And point number one is this: Don't make yourself feel inadequate. Don't make yourself feel inadequate. How to lose an argument with God. You are not inadequate. God has something for you. God understands our weaknesses. He also understands and knows our great strengths. And I am not good enough to do those kind of things. Uh, What did I ever do to deserve what God has for me? And I find out as life goes on, it's, it's amazing to sit back and see what God will do for you, realizing you are adequate enough for the call God's given you, and then see what God will do with you. But how many people have missed it because oh, I'm just in it, I just can't do that. Uh, do you think uh, years ago when, when we started and we were just a young married couple and we started working in a junior church uh, that I got down and I was the best children's uh, preacher you ever heard? I think not. It took time and effort, and, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm not the guy to speak. I don't know if I shared this here before or not, I'm not real sure. But listen, I was growing up, my mom called me Mumbles. That was my name. Hey, Mumbles. There was four boys. My name was Mumbles, not Barry. I had stuttering issues when I was younger. I had problem pronouncing some words. I still do today. I have trouble. And I've worked on it and worked at it and worked at it. And then God calls you to preach and to be a pastor. I'm like, oh, my word. Can't somebody else? Can, got an errand somewhere? Do you need me? But I found through the years of just serving God and feel like I'm adequate and God can do something with me and God can use me. And sometimes it's not the delivery or the speech. It's the message that you're given, and we feel inadequate. But if you've got a good message, sometimes the delivery is not that important, even though I think it has a place. Back in chapter 3, and that's how I got the point when I told you to turn there, back in 3, verse 11, uh, the Bible says, and Moses said unto God, who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, that I should bring forth the children of Israel, Israel out, out of Egypt? He says, who am I? And we've become 311 Christians today. Who am I that I can serve the Lord? Who am I that I can do these things? And as long as we allow ourselves to think that we're inadequate, that we're mediocre, what are we going to do for the kingdom of God if you don't think you can do it? I don't mean you need to be uh, so full yourself that no one else can do what you do. But we get that way, don't we? but we are adequate to do a lot of things. We will never be able to do great things for God that he wants done in our church as long as we think, first of all, we're inadequate and then think we're the only ones that can do it. So somewhere in the middle is the answer. But Moses says, uh, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Uh, who am I? And if, we, and if we ever forgot what makes up the church, uh, uh, the church is just gonna wither away. And listen, we are full, this church is full of inadequate people we don't need to act that way. We don't need to live that way. I still got a feeling there are some great potential sitting in the pews of Central Baptist Church that has yet to be been discovered. And you don't even know it yet. But the problem is, you're arguing with God, and you're telling God, I can't do that. And guess what? You're right, you can't do that. Well, the sweet Holy Spirit of God, you can do that because they'll help you get it done. We can't expect to have great things happen around here if we believe uh, that we're inadequate. We need to believe Jesus Christ is the one who can lead us. So we need to stop being 311 Christians, as I mentioned a little ago, and become students of God's word, because doing so will bring us in line with God's agenda, his plans, and his purposes for our lives. It's our responsibility. Uh, it, it's a correct response to God's calling us. And, and listen, God's not going to call all of us to uh, uh, Timbuktu to be a missionary. He just wants to know are you willing to serve him in whatever area you can. Uh, there, there are other ways we can argue with God, and yet, uh, uh, and yet we, we fail to realize we shouldn't do that. Number two is this, and please do not take this uh, in a uh, crude way. Number two is, our problem is, we don't lose the argument with God because we use the word but too much. And I mean B U T. So, number two is, get your butt out of the way. How's that? Y'all got that? You understand that? Don't tell Pastor Dane I was being crude in the pulpit. I did a sermon one time called, But God, and I went through the scripture. How many times it said, But God, But God, But God. And it was, I liked the sermon, and, uh, whatever. but my secretary of the church, uh, she, every time I said, But God, she'd laugh. And I told her the next day, she, You need to you get your mind out of the gutter and uh, think about wholesome things. But, but uh, we need to get our, our butts out of the way, if you would. How maybe that's a better way. God wants to use us uh, to accomplish his good work. Don't don't let your other half get in the way, the negative half. Uh, uh, Listen, in chapter 3, verse 11, Moses said, but. In uh, chapter 4, verse 1, but. In chapter uh, chapter 4, verse 10, but. In chapter 4, verse 13, but. Don't you get sick of that? I would do that, mom, but. I would do that, God, but. I would do that, mom, but. Right? I would do that, but I'm, and it's funny how I look now. I see myself analyzing people's answers when I hear someone ask them a question. And the first word they're going to say is, uh, yes, you're right, but. Right? But. Here's my list of reasons why. Here's my reason why I can't do that. Uh, but. And uh, we've got to get that out of the way. There's a story of a farmer, two farmers who were friends, and one was a very optimistic one, and one was a very pessimistic type fellow, always uh, uh, discouraged. And they were neighbors, but they were opposite. Moody, gloomy. Uh, he faced every day with a heavy sigh. The happy, op- optimistic farmer uh, would see the sun coming up and shout uh, over his tractor, "Look at that beautiful sky! Look at that beautiful sun!" And with a frown, the negative neighbor would reply, "Yeah, that's probably going to scorch the corn." <laughs> right. And with a frown one day, the uh, man got, they got together and uh, 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 the clouds would gather and they need to get rain and rain would start falling. The positive farmer would say, boy, big smile across his face, boy, we're going to get some good rain for our crops. God's given our corn a drink of water today. And the pessimistic farmer, he would say, yeah, but we're probably going to flood everything away. <laughs> one day, the optimistic pa- uh, farmer decided that he was going to, uh, uh, Help teach his pessimistic neighbor a lesson. So he went and found the smartest hunting dog he could find. He took that dog and he trained that dog to do things that no other dog could do. He took them out hunting one day duck hunting out on the swamps to go hunting, and they're out there hunting, and the ducks flew up over, and they shot the ducks, and uh, the dog was in the boat, and finally the, the optimistic farmer said, okay, whatever his name was, go get the dog, go get the ducks." The dog jumped out of the boat and walked on the water and got the ducks one by one and brought them back to the boat. And the pestilence farmer said, what's the matter? Can he swim? (laughs) What makes us respond? Most often with an excuse for not being able to do what we might be asked to do. Is it a low esteem? Is it our knowledge of ourselves so well that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt we, are, we, have, limited, uh, we have limitations? And we all have limitations, by the way. Uh, or is it the fact that, that we have a habit of passing the buck to someone else to take responsibility uh, for something needs to get done? Are we quick? to point out the problems that desperately need to be solved in fear uh, of the church being destroyed by something going on. Yet we cower and run and we put things to the point where we say, well, but I'm just not sure I can do that. See, the way you lose your argument with God is you you don't say but, you say yes, sir. Because God's asking us to do it. You'll have everything you'll need to get it accomplished. If God chose to wait for all the buts to finally be fulfilled, what the problems, oppositions may be in the world, boy, how behind the world would be tonight. And God won't wait long for us to overcome our little problems that we may have. He won't wait long for us to try to get things right. He expects us to be healthy and growing Christians and and ready uh, to do His work uh, as a child of God. In fact, He insists on us to do that. He expects us to be healthy. And God says if we're going to sit around and keep saying but so long, he'll just spit us out of his mouth. And he'll find somebody else. And I'll promise you, he already has somebody else lined up. He's just giving you the opportunity to serve him. So what we have left with is, as I see, that once we make this choice, we listen to God, we give in to his call, what's ha- what happens next? Number one is, is that we're not inadequate. Number two is uh, we need to get our butts out of the way. Number three, I think it's the last one. It's very easy. Give in. Give in. And finally, I say give in. This is God we're talking about here. We're talking about arguing with God. And we're arguing with God I find it very interesting that Moses is arguing with God after all he's been through well God you know I'm not a very good speaker God's like do I care well God you know I'm just not probably the right person and and God said hey you know who who made your mouth who made your ears who made you available to do something what are you talking about Moses you're talking to the creator of the universe, and you're telling me you can't do something because you can't speak very well? Doesn't that sounds kind of sorry, doesn't it? Or Moses should, should, should just be giving in. Giving in. This is God we're talking about. There was a captain on a, on a bridge on a large Navy a battleship, and he was heading to a collision course with a light flashing. He had his men signal out, I'll alter your course 10 degrees south. Almost immediately, the reply came back, alter your course 10 degrees north. The captain then signaled, again, alter your course 10 degrees south. This is the captain speaking. Very shortly, the reply came back, you must alter your course 10 degrees north. This is a seaman in third class talking. Furiously, the captain had them signal, Do you not realize you're talking to the United States Navy captain from the bridge of the U.S. battleship? Now, alter your course 10 degrees or face the consequences. (laughs) And the reply came back, alter your course 10 degrees north, you, captain, are talking to the lighthouse. (laughs) And we find ourselves sometimes arguing with God, you're going to run aground. Because you're arguing with God. When God says you need to go 10 degrees this way, you say, oh, I don't know if you should do that or not. And all of a sudden, you you find yourself grounded on the ground. Consequences of refusing God's instruction, old Jonah got thrown into the water, arguing with God, running from the presence of God. Not only arguing with God, but then God had the motel uh, Moby Dick waiting for him. And I promise you, it was no Hilton Inn. It wasn't even Comfort Inn. It wasn't even Motel 6. We used to have a little place by our church. It was called Busky's Busky's Motor Lodge. It was an old-fashioned motor lodge. Remember the old motor lodge? You used to stop along the way on Route 8, heading into Pittsburgh, it was there. And it, I mean, it, people who lived there, they were, they were I'm not saying, but they, were, they had it buff. They had it rough. And they were barely getting by. It would spend nights there between things and whatever, drug place and whatever. And we used to say, it's not the Hotel Busky's." And uh, go on. But anyhow, uh, but, but listen, results of, of refusing God's instruction, you get like Jonah. How about uh, refusing God's instruction like the King Saul? Your position of authority gets rejected. You find yourself in a mental state because you've turned your back on God. And you're doing crazy things, attacking the very man you loved, the very man who encouraged you. The very man you let your daughter marry, and you find yourself wanting to kill him. I'm going to say something. This is not part of the message tonight, but I want to say something to you very seriously this evening. Churches, God's people, are a mess tonight. And we're a mess tonight because we have believed and propagated and preached a, a twisted truth. Tristed doctrine of Scripture. And the Bible says when you keep doing that, God will put you in a delusional state, and you'll do things you've never done before. And God's preachers are doing some of the dumbest, sinful, wicked things in the world, not realizing they got there because they they were twisting Scripture for their own purpose, and God gave them delusional state in their mind. And after years of ministry, they do some of the dumbest things. I should say wicked things. That will happen to any one of us, by the way. When you live that way of twisted doctrine of Scripture, sooner or later your mind begins to think you're right and everybody else is wrong. You become a King Saul. And you find yourself doing things you thought you would never do. That's how he got there. I've got to hurry here. You're not willing to give in. You find yourself being a Moses. You can't reach your goals. You can't get them obtained. And we find ourselves being like the captain of this battleship, saying, uh, not realizing you're heading to the ground, my friend. You need to move. But what's the result of obeying God's instructions? Well, you become a Daniel. You don't get eaten alive. You have a night hotel lion. And you enjoy yourself all night with the lions. You become a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Who you don't get burned in the fire. You become a David, a David who becomes humble. You become a Joseph who was able to accomplish more than you can ever imagine uh, because you gave in to what God was doing in your life. And you find yourself yielding and giving in to God, and some great things happening to you. And listen, it comes to this: we need to learn to yield our lives to God. I don't know uh, uh, anymore about you know we have terrible driving habits in our world you know that do you know that when you're entering uh or exiting the highway you're the one supposed to yield not the guy on the highway now i yelled and no one listens to me (laughs) but i find it amazing that that you're that when you're coming onto the ramp you're the one supposed to yield and fit in the traffic you shouldn't make somebody slow down right and when you get off, you're supposed to be yielding and be cautious. How are you getting off? And you get off and get off track. When, when I was in California a number of years ago, visiting our daughter at college, what a crazy place to drive. Oh, my word, I thought I was in Japan or somewhere. It was crazy. And, uh, and you'd be out here in the sixth lane doing 80 miles an hour. Next thing you know, whoo, they're over there getting off the ramp. And you're watching right in front of you with hundreds of cars. I'm thinking, we're, we're crazy. Uh, get me out of here. But you know, that's what we do with God. We're going so fast, our mindset is so focused, that God says, I want you to yield to me. I want you to slow down a little bit. I want you to yield. I got something special for you to do. And we cut them off. And we keep right on going. That's how we're living our Christian life today. Moses asked God to send someone else to do his speaking for them. Moses passed the buck to somebody else. He expected God just to take him, take pass him up, and use someone else. And, and uh, of course, God did bring Aaron in there. And God was intending to see Moses do a work for him. Uh, that, and all these things happened. Aaron got involved. We'll go back to that this already. But they became doubly uh, hard for Moses because he had to work with Aaron. And the job became harder. it needed to be. God speaks out against those who preach one thing and live another. We cannot let our lives show the outward appearance of godliness while our hearts and our motives are pushing us farther and farther from God. You know, this evening, I'm getting ready to wrap up here, but let me say this this evening. Our problem is this. We all know how to look like Christians we all know how to talk like Christians. And we all know how to act like Christians when we need to. But our hearts are going the other way. And I don't mean to say this to be mean, but we're actually acting. We're acting the Christian life out. We're not living the Christian life. We must fix our heart's condition. You cannot serve God effectively just because it's convenient for you. It may sound good, but we don't need to live a life of lip service. We need to live a life of faith service. I serve you, God, because you've been faithful to me. I'll be faithful to you. The Lord will not save those who he can't command. He'll not divide our offices. And you cannot believe on half of Jesus Christ. It doesn't work that way. We need to give in. So tonight's simple, and I've taken a lot out of it, but I could spend another 15, 20 minutes, but I won't because uh, I'm thinking about ice cream right now. <laughs> it's always about food, isn't it? It's always about food. I'm not really. I just made that up. But anyhow, we may have to hit the sweetest thing. We haven't been there for a while. But anyhow, uh, i am wrap it up. But listen you are adequate enough to serve God. Quit using that as an excuse. Don't let your but God get in the way. Number three, probably the key of the whole message is we need to give in. Just give in. Say, God, hear. have you ever been in an argument you finally say, okay, that's it, you, you win. You win. We need to do that with God all the time. And I got to tell you this, there's not one thing in God's way of our lives, that is any way harmful, hurtful, or that would, that would harm us in any way. You'll never get hurt by God serving God. It'll always be adequate enough. Thank you, Lord, for your word this evening. Thank you for this thought of Moses here. And he just like, I love the scripture, Lord, where men and women are human. They make choices selfishly. They have excuses selfishly. We all do that. But, Lord, there's a reason why I can't do that. I, I, have to, I have to go check on the land I bought. I have to go check on my cattle. I just got married, Lord. I just, I just can't do that anymore. And, Lord, what a shame it is we throw these things to your face and we say, well, God, I would, but uh, we should just give in. And say, yes, Lord, whatever you want for us, I'm going to give in. And we're going to follow you. Thank you for listening today. If you'd like to know more about Central Baptist Church events and ministries, please visit our webpage at cbcannapolis.com.